podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey, Fight fans, it's Michelle Joy Phelps, and I'm joined now with Darren Barker. Darren, it's good to see you. Good to see you too. Still working out? No. <laughs> no, I'm not. Actually, I'm doing a workout at five o'clock today, so. Okay, good. Got to start somewhere. But no, I'm, I'm actually quite pleased that we have at least a little bit of like cardio machines and little bits and... There's, um, they've done well, haven't they? There's, uh, there's a bit to do here. We've got a little balcony, we've got a games room, we've got a gym, so, you know, we can get a beer, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know last night a lot of you guys were down there watching Soccer. football. Soccer. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we was. Who won? England won, and there was an important game, Scotland haven't qualified for a major tournament since 1998. I think that's right. And they qualified yesterday. So we're watching that as well. well congratulations. Uh, so anyways, we're in the bubble. This is my first time experiencing the bubble. This is not your first time being in a bubble. But what's it been like for you? Yeah, good. Good. I've, um, I've enjoyed it. Like, I love this sport. I love everything about this sport. Um, other than bad judging. <laughs> But otherwise, I'm a, I'm a fan. So rubbing shoulders and being in a bubble with all these brilliant people involved in this sport has been great. I, I've, I've enjoyed it. Um, so we did four in Brentwood, the fight camp. Then we did Milton Keynes, Peterborough. Then me and Chris Lloyd went to Munich for the Breedis-Dortikos fight. And two, we've done two now. So this is our ninth. And it's great. I love it. Is it weird though? Like I haven't had the chance to sort of feel the vibe out on fight night without fans. That's but is weird. that? That's weird. Having no fans. This, this, you know what it's like in this country. The way the supporters get behind the boxes with the sweet Caroline. That atmosphere. That that I don't know. That raw emotion. Um, I might be biased, but I don't think we get it anywhere else in the world. When it comes to boxing, I think our fans are just on another level. Uh, so passionate and. That coupled with everyone likes to drink in England, so that uh, that adds to the atmosphere. But it, it says a lot when uh, Ricky Hatton fought Floyd Mayweather, and the MGM ran out of beer. Yeah, exactly. We 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 love our boxing and we love our beer. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean that's missing from some of the big. You think of how great these fights have been. The Dillian White Povetkin. I mean, it had everything. Dillian White was on the brink of winning. And then Povetkin turns it round. You imagine there was like 20,000 packed in the O2. How great that would have been. Uh, all the other, you know, the great female fights we've had. Katie Taylor, uh, Pursun, number two. I mean, how good was that? Jonas Harper, how good was that? You know, the fights that we've had with no crowd have been epic. Imagine if there was crowds. But look, we've made the best of this terrible situation. And uh, credit to Matchroom. Um, and all the other promoters that are putting on these shows. But it's... Um, it's just great to be watching boxing again. I want to talk to you a bit about what's coming up. Get your, uh, your thoughts, possible prediction if you're feeling comfortable giving one. <laughs> Not everyone likes to give a prediction, but you know. Um, so one that I, I, that's this weekend is Kel Brook versus Terrence Crawford. What do you think of that fight? Yeah, like it, it don't get much tougher for Kel, does it? Um, do you think that Terrence Crawford is a tougher test than, say, like Sean Porter and Errol Spence was? Yeah, I would. I would. I'll rate Terence above those two. Um, it's close, but for me, Terence Crawford is so hard 
to work out. It's hard to, you know, you go into certain fights and you train for 12, 14, 10 weeks, whatever, training camp, and you work on a specific game plan or numerous game plans. I think coming up with a game plan against Terence Crawford is very difficult, very difficult, because he's so unorthodox. He switches, hits with both hands. Um, it's a tough fight, but Kel is equally as awkward and, and difficult. And you could arguably say punches may be harder than Terence, you know. Um, so he's definitely bigger. He's bigger, but again, that, that becomes an issue as well. How is Kel going to be down at 147, making that weight again? Um, he looks well, he looks good, um, but he's up against it. Don't get me wrong, I'll be cheering him on, but yeah, he's up against it. Um, ESPN has Terence Crawford as pound for pound number one. Would you agree with that? Or in some cases, others have Canelo as their number one. Yeah, no, I can make a case for both. I probably would lean towards Terence Crawford, if I'm honest. Um, that one, I'm on the fence, actually. I changed my mind. I'm on the fence. I think they're, they're, they're as good as each other. They're, they're two legends of the game that, without a doubt, are two future Hall of Famers. Um, so it's a pick em for one and two there, but definitely... If not first, second. Um, what a fighter. I'm a big fan, but I'm a big fan of Kelbrook as well, so I'll be cheering him on. Uh, super middleweight fight that you guys have with, here with Matchroom, uh, Billy Joe Saunders versus Martin Murray. We were supposed to see that several years back, but unfortunately due to a lot that was going on with Billy Joe at the moment, so we didn't get the fight. No. So here we are. What, what was that? three years ago, something like that. So uh, how do you see that fight going? Oh, uh, look, you said it there. I think three years ago, it's a closer fight. I think, look, I, I think Billy Joe Saunders, for me, is, you could say, underrated. He, he's such a good fighter. He's the best, that I, one of the best that I've sparred with. I think Michael Kessler and Billy Joe Saunders are two of the best I've sparred with. Um, so awkward, he's got quick hands. He's developing now and he's, he's starting this... At this stage in his career, he's really showing that he can punch. Whereas earlier in his career, uh, there was a lot of question marks over his power. Now, he's sitting down on his shots and he, he's a real handful. Martin Murray will be dangerous because you could say this would be his last roll of the dice. You know, he, He's getting on a little bit. He's in the twilight years of his career. Uh, if he doesn't win a world title now, will he get another opportunity? So when a fighter is in that situation, they tend to leave it all in the ring. This is their last chance. Uh, again, I hate referencing myself, but I, when I fought Daniel Gill, it was the same for me. I had to give it everything, because if I didn't win that night, I never would have fought again. So that was my chance to become a world champion, and I think that's the same with Martin Murray. Um, so he's going to give it everything, but I just think the skill set of Billy Joe Saunders will be too much for Martin Murray on the night, and uh, I, I expect Billy Joe to win on points. There was a heavy talk that Canelo was supposed to go on to face Caleb Plant, but it ends up being now that it would be with uh, Callum Smith. Good fight for Callum. He's been campaigning for that one for quite some time. Didn't seem as, as though it was going to go in his, in his favor. As you know, Billy Joe had the fight originally lined up with Canelo. The pandemic happened. That fight ended up getting scratched. So now here we are. Callum's now having his opportunity, possible opportunity at uh, Canelo. So what do you make of that fight? Tough one. It's a tough one for, for Callum, I think. Confidence probably isn't as high as he'd like going into that fight if it does get signed. Um, look, I, I'm a fan of the Smith family. I've known him for years. Um, but for me, John Ryder beat him that night. Um, 
that's not me being biased. I've watched it again, and I think John done enough to win it. Um, so confidence could be could be higher. I think going into that fight, um, but it's one that I, I'm really looking forward to. Look, if Callum can get behind that jab, use his advantages, his height, his range, and could say power could cause Canelo problems, but I just. It's hard to see many weaknesses in Canelo at the minute. You know, he's so comfortable in there. He's just a seasoned fighter that is doing what he's born to do. He's just a born fighter. He's so good. His variation, the way he sets traps, you know, jabbing to the body, coming over the right hand. and It's just, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. So it's a tough, tough ask for Callum Smith. We've seen Canelo move across several divisions now. Um, does anybody beat Canelo at this point? Oof. Look, you, you've got to give Callum a chance. Um, he is unbeaten, though. I think he's, he's, he was lucky to get the nod against John Ryder. He's still unbeaten um, and is a very good fighter. So you've got to give him a chance. I wouldn't be absolutely blown away if he was to win the fight. Um, other than that, you've thrown me, actually. Look, everyone's beatable. It's a tools race at the end of the day. Everyone can get beat. Um, if I'm honest, I, I thought Lomachenko would win comfortably. Uh, I know he had that trouble with his shoulder, but I was massively impressed with Lopez. So, it's been a year of the underdog, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Again, that's boxing. That's why this sport is the greatest sport in the world. I don't care what you say. You know, uh, I'm a I'm a I'm a soccer fan. I'm a, <laughs> I'm an MMA fan, but that no sport compares to boxing. And uh, you have two great fighters, and there's always the chance of an upset. It's not always a foregone conclusion who's going to win a fight. So, um, everyone is beatable. Speaking of MMA, uh, there's been talks of a fight happening between Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao in Dubai in January of 2021. Um, shocked me a bit hearing that. I mean, I was quite surprised, to be honest with you. I For, for whatever reason, I just thought that Terrence and Manny were going to end up fighting, but that didn't end up happening. So what do you make of that? I mean, I know a lot of people would think this is a silly question, but does Conor McGregor have a chance... No. Zero chance, in my opinion, zero chance. Do you know what? Manny's cemented his legacy in this sport. He's, he's done. For, he will forever be a legend. Hall of Fame, uh, great. Um, be one of the best pound for pound of all time. He'll be in that list. He's, he's cemented his, um, his mark on this sport. So, in my opinion, he can do what he wants to do. He's going to earn fortunes, absolute millions of dollars. Millions of good luck to him. I'm not, I don't like. You're not mad at it. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, and then on the flip side, if you're a Conor McGregor fan, good luck to him. You know, he's, he's, he's not even a boxer. And he's fought arguably the best fighter of all time, Floyd Mayweather, in his debut fight. How, like, how does that even happen? And that shows you, I guess, if you can uh, market yourself well and you can talk well, anything can happen. And look, even though it's a foregone conclusion, if that fight happens, Manny Pacquiao wins easy, yeah. easily, a lot easier than Floyd Mayweather did. And I know a lot of people say Conor was winning the early rounds. That was always, I guess, part of the plan, just to sort of walk him down and slowly catch up with Conor. Mm -hmm. This time, Manny wins easy, mm -hmm. but I'll watch it. I will definitely pay and watch that fight yeah, if it happens.
Yeah, same here if I can't attend. <laughs> right? Um, lastly, speaking of legends, we have an exhibition fight that's going down between Roy Jones Jr. and Mike Tyson. It was a fight that didn't happen in their day, but it's happening way past their day. Um, I know that people want to argue, oh, this is an exhibition, whilst on the other side you're hearing that neither one of them are considering this an exhibition. They're going to go in giving it everything that they got. What do you make of, of them fighting at their age? Uh, I scratched my head when I first heard of it. I was like, why? Um, Tyson has been out the ring for so long, smoking weed. Um, why now? Why? Um, I don't imagine that he's short of a few pounds. I can't imagine he needs the money. Um, but hearing him talk, and I don't think this is him trying to sell the fight, I think he genuinely believes this is the fittest he's been in, you know, probably two decades. Um, I, I, uh, it's one of those, I'd, I'd rather it not happen. But again, like the Pacquiao-McGregor, I will watch it, I'll pay and I'll watch it. You know, I think the only time that I've ever been starstruck was when I met Mike Tyson. You know, I'm a massive fan of his. Equally, when I met Roy Jones at a fighters uh, meeting once, or a commentators meeting, when I was in Atlantic City, I was starstruck then. So I'm a big fan of both of them, but what's the point? You know, why? But look, they're, they're grown men, and um, if they feel they're ready, their teams say they're ready, then good luck to them. Do you worry that this can sort of open up a can of worms where... It will. It, it will. They're going to create this uh, Legends League and it's going it, to... Yeah, more fights are going to happen. It just, I just hope that they're fought correctly. There's no, um, no injuries or anything like that. And if it's done in an exhibition, I guess, mentality... I don't want to see people ripping each other's heads off at 50 odd years old. It just for me, it's a bit unsettling. But look, I'd, I'd, it, I'm, I'm yet to work out how I feel about it. You know, when I'm talking now, I'm sort of mumbling because I'm struggling to. to sort I feel like of most people it. have that so reaction. Digest it. I'm a big fan of both. Would I've loved to have seen a fight in their primes? Absolutely. Will I still watch them now? I will. But do I want to be watching them? I don't. I don't know. I'm a yeah. It's a, it's a tough one. I've noticed that fighters, and, and I want to give, get your take on this because um, you'd be a perfect example. When a fighter retires, they struggle with finding a new identity because they've been doing it. <laughs> they've been doing it for so long that take, you know, crossing over into the next phase of their life is challenging. But often what happens is when they find themselves attending these fights, they have that urge, that itch. Uh, it's a new... I want to say it's a new wave of boxing because we now have social media, whereas before they didn't have sort of the exposure. Yeah. They had exposure, but not nearly the type that they could have today. They've seen, you know, the type of fame and, and uh, support that they get exactly across the board. I know exactly where you're coming from, but where does it end? Yeah. You know, what, is it going to be 70 years? It's going to be like the grudge match, Stallone, <laughs> De Niro. Like, when does it end? When... You know, how far? Like, okay, we're 60 years old. It's the best I've felt. I'm 70 years old. I'm, I'm better, in better shape now. Like, when does it end? I, I get what you're saying, and, um, but I just think more, more guys are going to come out 
of retirement and and see that there's money on the table when they probably don't really want to fight, but just because they might be able to get a few quid that they think, I might as well have a go. I can't think of anything worse. Genuinely, I'm content with what I've achieved and what I've been able to do. The thought of going into a training camp, yeah, I I honestly can't think of anything worse. Uh, So I have to credit these guys, but... I'm curious to why they're doing it. Like, I don't know if Evander Holyfield wants to fight. I've seen he's been doing lots of training, and you know he he will go down. Look, I I don't want to be disrespectful because he he's surpassed anything that I could ever dream of doing. He's a he's a legend, one of the best cruiserweights of all time, one of the best best fighters of all time. But when you watch him on the pads, he looks like an old man. I don't, I don't want to see Evander Holyfield in there. You know, he really did look old in comparison to Jones and Tyson, who hitting the pads they, they look strong sharp um, just where, where do you draw the line Who, who's looking out for them who's the person who's going to say no I don't think you should fight certainly isn't the WBC because they're attaching themselves to this I just think there's got to be someone some sort of governing body some individual or group of people that are going to say okay you two are past you know you, you two are fit enough you look good enough but you maybe not I just, I, there's got to be someone controlling it and I don't think we have that at the minute Oh, we'll see. I haven't really heard too much about where that fight stands no. at the minute. It was supposed to be it was supposed to be November the twenty eighth, but then I'm that was supposed to be in Los Angeles now with restriction rules. A lot of uh, fight cards are trying to move themselves over to Florida or Texas, where in Texas you're allowed to have uh, fights in attendance. So I don't know where they stand at the minute, but that I know of, it's supposed to be on Triller, November the twenty eighth. An exclusive? Are you breaking this? Is, it, is this breaking news? Uh, no, I mean, it's, it's out look, there. Like, look, I told you before, as much as I've just sort of... I'm scratching my head with it, literally. I, I will watch it. I will definitely watch it. Everyone will watch it. Doesn't mean that everyone's going to enjoy watching it. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how I'll be watching it. But one thing's for sure, I, I, there's... Uh, Vander Holyfield, I don't think he should be doing it. He did look old, but I don't know. Who am I to say that? Oscar De La Hoya's thrown his name in the hat again. You know, we're starting to see, like like we were saying, a trend of people saying, oh, well, if he could do it, I'm going to do it. And, when are you, you know, going to fight? When are you having your charity fight? Uh, I would never do a charity fight. Ever. Ever. I was actually asked. Me and you both. I was asked a while ago, like a couple of years you back. Cougs. <laughs> Shut up. Um, no, honestly, I would never ever do one. No. I think when I was younger, not I think, but when I was younger, I wanted to be a boxer. And my daddy said, no, it wasn't happening. He said, I don't want a daughter who's going to have three broken noses before she turns 18. And I was like, all right, dad. So he, he actually jokes and says, you're welcome. Now, look, yeah. you get to be in front of the camera doing what you do, but you're still in boxing. You didn't have to go that route. But he, he was never a fan of it. You could have been the undisputed women's champion. <laughs> Who knows? We'll never know, will we? We'll never, ever know, Darren. And we'll never know what kind of skills I may have because I'll never put myself out there to do it. So, But anyways, thank you for your time right, and giving you. me your opinions, your honest opinions. And uh, let's see what happens this weekend, November the 14th. We got Katie Taylor versus Miriam Gutierrez. Uh, any final words? Yeah, looking forward to the show. Um, I think when I think of the main event, the first word that springs to mind is tricky. Gutierrez, very tricky, very awkward, sits on the back foot, 
has a really unorthodox style. So I think Katie Taylor's got to be patient and target the body early on, try and slow Gutierrez down, her movement, that is. Um, so it's a brilliant fight. One, I think Katie wins. Uh, Rachel Ball, Guanini is, is, is an interesting fight. If I'm honest, I didn't know much about Guanini before um, it was announced. Um, it was about 11 days ago, I think she'd come in. A short notice, I've watched her. She's a little pocket rocket. She's short, but she knows how to fight. She's very good. She's very awkward also. Um, she can fight on the front foot, back foot. Uh, so Rachel Ball has to try and use her as, as advantages. You know, she's taller. She's got a longer reach. So it's no longer for the WBA, WBA the vacant WBA. W... I'm sorry, but WBC, you're right. The vacant WBC bantamweight title, it's no longer for that. That's such a shame as well, because it means an awful lot. Not just to, to Rachel Ball, to both fighters, but it's a shame when you, you know, you've put in the work and you've made the weight, but your opponent's not been able to. Granted, she's uh, short notice. I get it. It was um, Bridges, right? Was, yeah, was the original. So look, these things happen. You look at Cash Farouk. It's his third time lucky for him. You know, he's had uh, three op uh, two opponents previous have both pulled out and he has not fought for a long time. So this happens in boxing. But there's that fight. Terry Harper, Fanders could be fight the night for me. I think uh, Tanders likes to come forward. She's aggressive. Um, and I know Terry Harper is a brilliant boxer, but she does get drawn into a fight sometimes. And if she does, could be the fight of the night. Uh, Whitaker Hart versus Springer. I'm a big fan of Whitaker Hart. He's got that great fundamentals from the uh, Great Britain set up from the amateurs. Um, well scored, has, has a bit of everything. So... I think he will come through. Uh, John Doherty Cullen is a good oh, fight. God. Fireworks. Yeah, he's, look, he, I don't know if you've spoken to John Doherty, but yeah. he's a very quiet, unassuming person. You know, he's got no real ego, really. But as soon as the camera's on him and that first bell goes, he's just a different animal. Yeah. Um, I think freshness could be the difference there. The fact that there's less miles on the clock. Uh, I know Jack Cullen's definitely more comfortable up at super middleweight. He struggled uh, at 160. How he made 160, I have no idea. He's like six foot three and a half or something. I just don't know how he made it. So he's a different animal at super middleweight. But for me, just John Dockett, he's something about him. I think he needs to sort of control that aggression. But if he can channel it in the right direction with the skill that he's got and the power that he carries, he could be a real danger. It's going to be a good card, and I'm looking forward I to it. Promoter, shouldn't I? Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, you and Eddie, you know, pretty good at this. Yeah, yeah I've been rubbing shoulders with him for a long time. So. <laughs> well, look, I look forward to uh, speaking with you tomorrow on your show. Oh, yes. Yeah, my debut. The bell. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. You're going to hear plenty more of the laugh, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it as always. And I will speak with you post, well, tomorrow and post-fight, hopefully. You're getting the beers in. The beers? Yeah. Tonight. Well, now. <laughs> is everyone handing no, out no, beers? No, no, no. Ten to four. Ten okay. to four here. Yeah. We'll wait till this evening. Okay, okay, okay. All right, thank you so much. Bye, bye, fans. Sports Social Podcast Network.